Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Miss Sloan and discussing the Golden Globe nominations. We will also recap the mid-season finales for The Walking Dead and Star Wars Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I am doing all right. Doing all right. Um, I know finals I, this week is killing yeah, me. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. But I'm just I'm I'm looking I'm looking at it like all right. I got Star Wars at the end of the week, and then I get to go home and have access to way more theaters than I do here. So <laughs> I, I've got I'm looking <laughs> at it a little more positively, or trying to at least. And you know, I'm actually very interested to have these discussions um with Miss Sloan and the Golden Globes because um I have some thoughts about the Golden Globes just in general and Miss Sloan I think it's a very interesting movie for us to talk about because there's a lot there for us to dissect. Um Definitely. Yeah, do you want to you want to just get into Miss Sloan here? Let's, well, let's get into it, man. The movie, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um man, Jessica Chastain. I'm going to start there. Let's start okay. with her because she was I thought she gave a great or gave a great performance. I thought um she was kind of the driving force of the movie. Um she she just had a lot of layers to her. She was very um kind of you she, she was very cold on the outside and that's what the trailer sells you on a very cold lead character and she was going to give a very cold performance. Um but there was some stuff underneath her, and yeah, she's very unlikable, and I'll get to that part of it. Um, but overall, I, I thought there was a lot underneath there, and like you could see that there was, she was kind of tortured underneath it all, but at the same time, I have lots of issues with this movie, and especially the ending, and a lot of my positives get torn down by the ending of this movie. But anyway, what did you think of Jessica Chastain's performance? I thought she did I thought she did well with what she was given with. I think okay. her I know I had problems with her character, mm-hmm. but I'll get to that in our negatives, but I do think that she tried to give an overall good performance with what her options were. Yeah. Um that's all I'm going to say about her performance. I don't okay. think she she didn't blow me out of the water on this one, but she did do a good job with what she was given with. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, let's, this, because the trailer is kind of vague, and I don't think this movie was marketed a lot, so let's kind of explain what this movie is about. Basically, she, um, Jessica Chastain plays a lobbyist, um, who, they don't really give much away in the trailer, but basically she wants to, like, a bill comes up that they want her to kind of, um, help lobby against and she decides that basically it's against her morals kind of and she decides to completely switch and goes to the opposite side and decides to lobby for it um that's what the trailer is about it's very um one thing i have to say and but this is almost like i don't hold it against the movie it's very one-sided the movie is very one-sided but 
I do think that is necessary in this kind of movie because it's a, I'm it's holding a political movie. I really? am holding it against it, yes. It's 100%. a political movie. It has to be. 100, no, 100% I'm holding it accountable. I think the story, this story, it felt very, I could not relate to this character and her driving force. I, they, she never explained why she just changed. She just All she said was, I need to win. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if first of all, if you're going to make it one-sided, give us a reason to root for you besides the fact that you need to win. Every like, if I'm going to root for for like a character, you know, I want to know why I should root for this character. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that you need to win, why do you need to win? What's so important for you to win? You know what I'm saying? I feel like the story and I think the topic is such an interesting topic. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had a scene in there that I really enjoyed because, um, you know, she's one of the, one of the characters. They're voting against this topic, but then, you know, it happens to save her life. The topic mm-hmm. that she's, so she's rooting against oh, ends up saving part, her life. Yeah. So I'm just like, wow, like, that's an interesting <laughs> scene. Like, if, if, like, I would have loved to see something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you know, I thought that, I thought that for what it was. It only lasted like, five ten minutes but for what it was i enjoyed it i thought that was very interesting i felt like if they would have gone with something like that okay like okay this 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 happens but we also need it because this happens so like can there be a common ground i felt like that would have been such an interesting story you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and giving her and and you know all right, if I'm like, why is she so cold? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's speculation that maybe that this issue did something to her, but they they never dove into that. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be rooting for this character that's so cold, and I'm just like, why do I want to root for you? Yeah, you know that man, I, it's it's difficult because it's a very modern movie in the sense that. It, they don't try to make the character likable at all. They're just like, this is an unlikable character, but she's the protagonist of the movie. And it, it's hard. I, I, I agree with you because you, it, to an extent, because I do think that, yes, you need to, we need to like the character on some level. But at the same time, I couldn't help, but I, I don't know. You might disagree. And I'm trying to stick with positives for now. We'll get to negatives because trust me, I will have a lot to say when it comes to negatives for this movie. But. I I did find this character fascinating. I did. I was interested watching her because she was so she was so cold and I was like why is she like that? But at the same time, she was very intelligent. Very intelligent. You could She's she, an in, she, she, she was, was a, always two steps she, ahead and she was intelligent and I'm and I'm in, yeah, I'm not going to say she wasn't interesting. Mm-hmm. Um cuz she was very intelligent. You're right. She was you're 100% right. She was 100% intelligent man like she she was very smart she knew she knew like a lot of people you know they hated her but they respected her because she was so intelligent yeah but at the same time like that mis- like for me that whole mysterious thing that's going on to me like you could only have that for so long you I know agree. what i'm saying i definitely so agree. it's just like all right like you're very like like i want to get to know you and why you are the way you are but at the same time like if i like i don't want to i don't want to have to freaking like sit here for another few hours to figure out like what's going on. Like, like to figure out like why you are the way you are. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's so, just that they don't give us any answers, answers as to our motivations necessarily. I do think that ultimately it's just the fact that she wanted to win. And, um, like I said, that's just me coming to kind of a conclusion, but 
I, I don't think they lay that out very well in the movie. Um, but maybe they weren't even trying to. So I, I don't know. That's why I can't really hold that too far, too much against the, the writing of the movie necessarily. Now, my last positive, do you have any more positives? Um, I'm going to say there are some great scenes, and I'm only going to say great because there are some great sequences in this movie mm-hmm. that occur. Um, cause I think the cast, I think the cast overall did a pretty good job. I agree. I yes. think the cast overall did a pretty good job. Um, starting off with, uh, with, with like, like we just said, like just mm-hmm. Jessica Chastain, I think, I think we both agree that she did the best. Yes. What she was given. Um, uh, this, I, I'm so sorry if butcher her name, but Gugu Mabatha Raw. Oh, um, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she, um, she, I actually, I first saw her in black and, uh, in the, not blacklist, uh, but Black Mirror. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think she did a pretty good job. Um, and and this, and I think she did a pretty good job in the show. Just giving you a shout out there. Um, John Lithgow, Lithgow, I think he did a pretty good mm-hmm. job. So I think the whole cast is like a general did a pretty good job in the movie. I think they worked off the each other well. Um, so I'm gonna give the movie that. <clears throat> and they actually, and some of the cinematography in the movie is actually pretty. Oh, we will disagree there. No, I'm saying some <laughs> of the cinematography. There are some pretty. That to me, there's pretty. There are some pretty good shots in this, but like I said, it's not a hundred percent fantastic. I'm gonna give some of those recognition now. Oh, um, fair enough. That's pretty much it, man. All right, my last positive will kind of bleed over into negatives because my last positive comes with a caveat. Um, I did find this story really interesting. Like you were saying, um, there was kind of an interesting dynamic there with them kind of presenting like one side to this issue and then it kind of getting flipped on its head. And like I said, the main character is very, um, just intriguing to watch. I was really fascinated by her as a character. Um, and the story itself is pretty, it it was a nice ride to be on. Like I, but this is my problem with it. There, this movie is very unforgiving with its dialogue. It is not digestible at all. Um, if you get lost watching this movie, then you are lost. It's a very heavy political kind of um, jargon and heavy finance jargon. And I'm just like, there were times when I was like, I have no idea what they just said whatsoever. And they don't take any time to explain it to you at all. Um, And I did really struggle, like having to like sit there and think, okay, what was just said? And then, but once I got it, I like, I was able to keep up with it to a decent extent, but it was very hard and very straining. Um, so that's, that, that's my thing. I, like I said, the story itself, if you're able to keep up with it and follow it through the very intense dialogue is interesting, but it is intense dialogue and it is very heavy. Um, so I, I don't know. You, you can kind of move into your negatives here. You can play off what I just said. what do you think? Okay. I'm just going to mention, this is going to be like a, just a tiny bit of a spoiler. And it's just something that really, really freaking bothered me. Cause I hate it when movies do this. Okay. Skip 15 um, seconds. If you don't want a spoiler, go. Yeah. Right. It's a tiny, it's a tiny spoiler. All right. So she, she hires this prostitute basically. Yeah. And she asks, I think this is name for Mark. And then she asked for Mark again. I have no idea why they need to be a Mark. Because it's not like she kept it's not like she didn't do it with the other guy. To me, that was so pointless. She's just like, Where's Mark? And then he's just like he's <laughs> That's not so random. And then she's just like, No, but that annoys me because it's not it's not like we saw Mark. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that he would have because just the way she kept asking for him. Yeah. 
you know, I thought that there would, I thought that there would possibly be like more of a sentimental level. Like maybe she pays him for the sex, but also to be there on a sentimental level. But maybe, maybe she did. Like they don't but, re- tell us if she did or didn't. That's what I'm saying. But there was no point. But to me, like the the guy that she ended up just ended up just paying regardless that that was in this that was in the movie like three or four times okay you know what i'm saying like she just kept going to him regardless yeah i don't know to me it was just so that, pointless like that like, aspect of the movie for me added a lot of emotional depth to her character and that was not, when i that was when I was I, most like, oh, wow, she is, there's more to her character. It's not just under, this whole person. Yeah, and I understand her, but to me, I don't think we needed a mark. Like, if she was going to have a prostitute there, okay, have one prostitute there. Because I'm going to agree with you. Like, that guy, that, that prostitute that she was with, like, it helped her get emotional. I'm just like, okay, wow, like, okay, we're getting somewhere. Sure. But there's no reason to have had, had like, a, like, mark. She kept asking what I do, and I was like, why, 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 why do I care? Like, you're going to... I know you're gonna end up with him. You yeah. did the last time, so like, hello, like, what you, like, what are you doing? Like, there's no I reason. I it, hate, and I hate, I hate when like, because we we've discussed this in other films before this earlier this year. Like, I just I don't understand. Like, if it does not affect the story, why have it? Like, I think we, I think I think this happened earlier with our kind of traitor. Like, where he when he was married, there was no reason for him to have a wife. Mm-hmm. Could have been single. Not nothing that would not have affected the story whatsoever. I don't know. It just to me, it added like a little bit of backstory to her, and uh, it was just some interesting kind of character development slash backstory type stuff. But it didn't bother me at all. But I get what you're saying. Um, um, I think I think the other thing that really bothered me, like like I said, was the story. Um, so you disagree th- with me on the story? Like I, I think the story. I think. I think if it would have taken a different direction with the story, it, it, I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more. Like I said, like I, like I said in the beginning, if they would have done something where you're getting both sides, I think the story would have been more compelling. I just honestly, I agree. I, I think that would have been the the, the, okay. the thing that gets me. Yeah, because I, to me, to me, like, because to me, like, you see the other side as well, but. The other side are douchebags too. You know what I'm saying? Just as much as the other side is. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't want to root for either of you at this point in time. I don't well, that's like politics. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you understand what I'm saying? Like I was yeah. like, I don't want to root for either of you. Like I don't, I don't like. You're making me not even want to even. Yeah. Like if I was a, like if I was a senator, I would be like, I don't want to vote for none, like anything mm-hmm. at this point. Like I, I just don't. But. This is me. Uh, what are some of your negatives, man? Um, all right. As for the story, like I said, I was pretty with it. Like I was like, all right, I'm all in on this story. I really do like it. I like her character. And honestly, I was really liking this movie for most of it. Uh, other than like the intense dialogue that you have to really trudge through to understand the story. But then the last... 10, 15 minutes of this movie happens. And oh my gosh, does it go off the rails. Um, basically, this entire movie is very kind of grounded in realism. Like, it's all just this heavy political stuff. And you're just like, wow, she's a really very smart lobbyist. And she's very good at her job. And cool, that's great. Cool story. And then they go and they do something. And she does something that it's like there is absolutely no way on God's green earth that she could have thought this many steps ahead. And there is no way that they planned all this out. And it did not make a lick of sense. 
they completely abandon realism, they completely abandon plausibility, and the entire movie goes off the rails and completely loses it. It completely wastes the interesting story up until that point, um, and it just doesn't make any sense. And it starts with that one random um, prostitute dude just showing, like, them calling him in as a witness. It's like, how did they find... That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, and to me, I'm just like, why would you? Why would you even protect her? Like, <laughs> I'm just telling the last ten, fifteen minutes of the movie completely ruins it. It makes it just seem like what? Like, is she a psychic? Does she know that this stuff's going to happen? Does she know exactly what people? Like, that doesn't. It didn't work. It just didn't. And it's almost comedic. There's a moment where I went to go see this movie with our writer, Brianna, who has already reviewed this, and it's on our website. Go check it out, screenpellows.com slash content. And um, we went to go see this movie together, and we both – there was a moment in the last 15 minutes where we both laughed because it was so dumb. Like, I, I, I ruined it. I'm telling you, it just ruined it. Um, I have one more negative, but did you feel as – strongly about the ending as i did i wanted to bust out laughing but i but i couldn't just because i had other people in there with we me. only but had one other person in there yeah i had a lot of like i had like a few other people in there with me but i wanted to bust out laughing mm-hmm. um that was just so stupid to me like when the prostitute came out i i said i was like why the hell is you oh, whatever um because it was just so stupid um whatever though but the whole entire thing where she thought like 30 steps ahead of the whole entire thing. I'm just like, so, so you knew, yeah. So you knew that this, that this exact conversation would happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Do, you know, the part that we, that we were laughing at, and this is like not a big spoiler at all, but that there basically is this surveillance system and it's, they make it in a bug. And it's like this little fly type thing or cockroach type thing that has like these cameras in it. And that's how people, that's how she caught this one conversation. I'm just like, what? Like, is this a sci-fi movie now? What is this? It was so stupid. <laughs> we were like literally laughing in the theater. Anyway. Um, all right. My last negative is, um, jeez. The, this is something that you actually briefly said in your positives, but I did not like this the way this movie was shot at all. I'm sorry. It, it was a very bland color palette. Like, I was sitting there like, where is all the color in this movie? Like, it's like they sapped it all away. And then, not only that... <laughs> it was but- a... It was a. It was meant to be a dark film, man. No, but it was just like this is uh, anyway. But anyway, there was this. There were multiple parts in this movie where I was like, there were just random close-ups on people's faces, and that's fine, whatever. Like, and over-the-shoulder shots, even, and the camera would be like moving, like it was handheld, and I'm just like. Like get that thing on a freaking steady cam or like something. <laughs> like it was like, sh- like literally the camera was shaking, the frame was shaking, and I'm just like, it, it's over the shot. Like this is, shouldn't be moving whatsoever. <laughs> Honestly, like I normally don't notice too many detailed things like that, but I, it was hard not to notice. I'm sorry, I did not like the. It was like really bad. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else, or do you want to rate this movie? <laughs> Um, her little assistant. Okay. I, I thought that was so... I'm just gonna say this. Her closing arc was the dumbest thing besides, like, 
it has something to do with the ending. So it was yeah, arguably yeah. one of the dumbest things. It was part of things. the dumb ending, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, what? And then they shoot her walking away like she's the baddest mm-hmm. of the baddest. And I'm just like, you're really not. Like, <laughs> like oh, man. okay. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, but that that was one of the that was that was basically it for my negatives. What mm-hmm. what are you gonna rate this? Um, see, like I said, I did really like the story. Really like Jessica Chastain's performance, and I did enjoy most of this movie. And then the end happened, and honestly, I was honestly I was at like, man, am I gonna rate this movie like an eight or something? God, I really do like this movie. It's tough dialogue, but I like it. And then the end happened. And I'm telling you, this is how poor the ending was. I'm at a 5.1. This movie, <laughs> it's, it's forgettable. I'm not going to recommend this movie. But if people are going to saying they're going to go see it, I'm going to say you're going to enjoy most of it if you can get through the dialogue. And then the end. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you got it at? Oh, man. I got like a 4.5, man. Okay. You're even lower than I did. I, I kind of thought five. that would happen based I, on what you were saying. I did but. not like the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. I got lost within the first five minutes. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. just like, no idea what's going on. Uh, Nothing. Yeah. Uh, zilch. And then we get somewhere where they're speaking clear English. So I'm like, okay, okay. Alright, I'm getting it. Okay, this is exciting. I'm, I'm get. It's stupid. It's stupid. Like, that was literally my reaction to it. Like, I'm just like, it's dumb. So, mm-hmm. I don't recommend this movie whatsoever. <laughs> But if you don't listen to me, damn, you guys are brave. Go. <laughs> like, go I, don't th- I don't think it's bad, but I, <laughs> I, I get it. Bad, okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's move on to, and this is the, this will kind of transition pretty nicely because Jessica Chastain was nominated in the Best Actress in a Drama category in the Golden Globes. Uh, and that's this is, will lead us right into that. Let, let's talk about the Golden Globes and their nominations. Um, should I go on my rant now or should I save until the end? Go on your rant, man. I'm excited to hear this rant because I think I know what it is. But okay. if I don't know what it is, even better. <laughs> um, the the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes mean absolutely nothing. I'm sorry. They are, they're an absolute disgrace. <laughs> and people, oh people love them yeah. because the show is generally, I'll give it this, the show is generally more entertaining than the Oscars. Um, it, to an extent, just because like it's a part, it's more of a party for the celebs and a lot of them get drunk and are just wasted and going up there, walking up steps drunk and it's pretty funny. And then al- also they get more entertaining hosts a lot of the times. Um, and th- that's what it is. It's a part, it's a big party. And that's why people like the Golden Globes. But the thing is, the Golden Globes, for multiple reasons, just deserve no respect. <laughs> um, they, first of all, they're run by the Hollywood Foreign Press. And the Hollywood Foreign Press can, is comprised of about 90 members. So think about it this way. You take, if you take about 20 people out to dinner from, from the Hollywood Foreign Press, you've got about, Less or more than maybe about 25% of the vote right there. Like that's – you can just – it's very easy to buy the vote uh, for the Golden Globes just because there are so few members, period. And that's as opposed let, – let me – for contrast sake, let me let me say this. The, uh, the Academy Awards has about 
7,000 members, something like that. Like, it's a lot of members, a lot, compared to 90 for the Hollywood Foreign Press. That's, that's the difference we're talking about here. Now, it's already an issue of, of being a politics game for the Oscars, right? Because it's all about campaigning. It's all about selling your film to people, all these different things, right? That's the issue 20 times fold for the Hollywood Foreign Press for the Golden Globes. That's issue number one. Issue number two, and this is the same issue that I have, well, part of the same issue that I have with the Emmys. Way too many categories. We have best um, co- best actor in a musical slash comedy. We have best actor in a drama. We have best actor or best actress in a musical. And then we have best limited series because they do TV stuff as well. And then best regular series. But the thing that, the thing that makes it even worse than the, um, than the Emmys is the categories don't make any sense and the things they put in these categories don't make any sense. Obviously, the most infamous one as of late was The Martian last year being nominated as the best in, nominated in the best comedy slash musical category. The Martian was nominated as best comedy slash musical. <laughs> this is the group that we are dealing with here. It is bad people. Um, and not only that, This Is Us, okay, and this is from this year. This Is Us is an, a network TV show that is 22 episodes long, I believe, is what it's going to be by the end of this season. It was nominated in the best limited series category. What? Does that make any sense to you on any level? <laughs> That's so stupid. Um, it, it, I'll give it this. It wasn't as bad this year in some of the major movie categories when it comes to outrageous things being nominated. Um, some people have issues with Deadpool being nominated in the best musical slash comedy category. It's, it's, to me, it's like I get why you would put it in that category, but it's kind of a cop out because it's not really a comedy. I mean, it's it's definitely more comedic than other superhero movies, and it's more comedic than The Martian. I'll give it that, but it's still it's a bit of a reach. Um, so these are my issues with it. Other than that, we did have some pretty big like um, actual musical type movies this year, so that those took up some of the categories. Um, Florence Foster Jenkins, I wouldn't necessarily call that a musical, or, but it's, it's got a little, it's got some comedic elements to it, so I'll give it that. Um, anyway, what do you, what do you think of all this, of the Golden Globes itself, and then some of these nominations? Uh, I'm gonna go with some of the nominations right now right. that <laughs> I just do not agree with. First of all, why the hell? Why in the hell is Arrival not nominated for best motion picture uh, i yeah. don't understand how that's not nominated and i love don't get me wrong i love manchester by the sea i love it it's my number one movie of the year but arrival is my number two it's close to being it was so close to being my number one how the hell is arrival not nominated what, that's what is what is I, it gonna knock out though would you knock out i mean this is the thing i wouldn't knock out hell or high water i'm very happy hell or high water is in this yeah category. i mean i think I think hell. I mean, but what? But what wouldn't it not like? But don't I mean, you think we it haven't seen to be Lion? Nominated? That's yeah, I do. Uh, I would put it over Hacksaw for sure. But uh, again, I think because there's only five spots in this best drama thing, I think for a lot of people these movies aren't like very far apart. So I can understand that. Um, 
to me, for me personally, I definitely would have put it in there. I would have put it above Moonlight. I would have put it above Manchester by the Sea. I would have put it above, um, I would have even put it above Hell or High Water, but, uh, and Hacksaw Ridge. Like, to me, it, it's still the best movie of the year. I know we would disagree on this, and that's something that I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit down the line with Manchester by the Sea. But I, I agree, but I can understand why it's not in there because it's a hard, it's going to be a hard category this year, especially even in the Oscars. Okay. I don't know. Um, what about the best musical slash comedy, um, category? Best. Yeah. Um, but give me one second. Where is the is your best music, best musical, best comedy? Um, we haven't seen La La Land yet, and we haven't seen 20th Century Woman. Um, 20th Century Woman, but from the cat, from what we have seen, I hope. Look, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Completely honest with you. I don't care if like I, I might say I don't care, but at this point, I know you want. I know. I know you're excited to see La La Land. I know you are, and I know you're excited to see. I, I know 100 percent that you're excited to see La La Land oh, yeah. and 20th Century Woman. I know we're gonna see. Yeah. But, but. I think, even though I haven't seen those two, I do think that Sing Street deserves it. I do. Oh, you 100%. think for the win you're talking about for yes, this category? I do a hundred percent think that Sing Street deserves it. I think that was such a touching movie, and I think the performances. I mean, these are young acts, by the way, and I think that a lot of them really gave the heart. I mean, this was such a unique film, especially for our day and age, that I think I think it deserves being. I think it. I'm actually. Ha- I'm really happy that it got recognized. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really oh, good definitely. to go that. Like I'm. Fi- I'm just like, yeah, man. We're getting our. Indie- we're getting some recognition for these indie movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm really. Ha- I'm really happy that it got nominated. Um, but I do hope that it wins. I'm just gonna say that I hope that it wins, at least when it comes to best picture. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it that. Um, when it comes to best performance by musical picture musical comedy I, I really I just I really don't think Lily Collins deserves it my gosh I did not like <laughs> you didn't character. like that movie at all yeah really I forgot that, yeah I know I, I even even her character's decisions I'm just like you're literally you're so dumb anyways <laughs> but that's um, not the performance <laughs> The performance was okay. It's not something that she deserves to be nominated for. I, I do it's agree. Not, I agree. Yeah. I, I think her performance was okay. Like I that's what I'm gonna say. And it like it doesn't make it any better that her character made really dumb decisions in the end. <laughs> so it makes her character like I'm, and it's not her it's not the actress's fault, but it just makes the whole thing go down a notch. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like you know what I'm saying? So um, if if I'm gonna give it to somebody, it's gonna be Haley Steinfeld. I think she did fantastic in the uh, in the Edge of Seventeen. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me there. Um, I, I thought she was good. I I'd never understood. Like I've been hearing a lot of this buzz for her for award season. I never understood it. I thought she was good, but I didn't think like, oh my gosh, this award worthy performance. Um, to me, this category is a toss-up. I have no idea who's going to win this category. I would guess Annette Benning, just because she has been winning a lot of other um, kind of critics' awards here. So who knows? But um, And going back really quick to Best Musical or Comedy, um, look, I'm very happy Sing Street was nominated. And if there's two things that the Golden Globes gave me a little bit of hope for, even though the Golden Globes are not necessarily 
and historically a predictor for the Oscars. They're just not. A lot of the times they don't nominate the same things as the Oscars. It does give me a little bit of hope that maybe we'll see Hell or High Water and even Sing Street, just an outside chance. Maybe it gets nominated. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen in the long run. I think Hell or High Water definitely deserves to be nominated. Yeah. I mean, those, those Chris Pine yeah. and... Um, Chris Pine, I forget. Ben Foster did a fantastic yeah. job, um, and also, and also, um, what's what's? Do you know his name? Um, he played the cop. I forget. Holy, his name just slipped my mind oh, right now. But um, um, oh, crap, uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, man, we Jeff Bridges. Yeah, he was <laughs> yeah, so Jeff good. Bridges. Jeff Bridges, also and he got nominated as well in this. Um, but anyway, as for the whole La La Land thing, um, you know, I'm very much looking forward to this movie, and I'm expecting. I've got very high expectations for it. Um, but, and I'm sorry, Ben, I know I'm really, I'm rooting for Sing Street 2, um, until I see La La Land, of course, which I'm assuming I'm going to love, but it's Sing Street, or it's La La Land's award to lose. I'm, it just is, La La Land is dominating, dominating the award season right now. Um, it's like, it's either La La Land or Moonlight that are getting all the awards, um, this, so far. Obviously that could change as we kind of progress in award season and we get the Actors Guild and the Directors Guild and all these different things and the PGA awards. But right now, La La, La, La Land's dominating. Um, all right, who do you think should win in best performance by an actor and supporting role in any motion picture? We got Mahershala Ali in Moonlight. We both love them in Moonlight. We got Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water. Then we have Simon Helberg, Florence Foster Jenkins. We got Dave Patel, Lion. Lion, you need to come out, man. I don't. I can't see you if you're not by me. I can't. I can't say anything if you're not by me. That's that's my rant right there. I hate that movies come out exclusively in L.A. But you know, for everybody that lives in Florida or Virginia or you know, you know, somewhere else besides Cali or New York, we can't see it. Okay, so like I can't have an opinion. It just pisses me off. It's stupid. Anyways, God, I hate, I hate it. Um, anyways, um, I'm not gonna say Dave Patel because I haven't seen you in it, man. Yeah. Anyways, and then you got Aaron Taylor Johnson for Nocturnal Animals. Who do you think should win? I think I, I think I already got. I think I already know. Man. I think I already um. Know. Uh, look, I personally would say Jeff Bridges, but when it comes to the Oscars and even this, I think it's um, Marshala Ali's award to lose. He, he's, like I said, he's been getting, racking up some of these, a lot of these awards, and Jeff Bridges has been consistently nominated, so I think he's safe for a nomination when it comes to the Oscars, but I, I don't think he's going to win. Um, I, I personally I, would say I'm- Jeff Bridges, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna personally go for Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> I knew you would say that. No, and the reason is the reason is I just I just personally I just think he's so underrated in Nocturnal Animals. And the, the thing that gives it the the thing that really shocks me about you, the thing that really shocks me about you is and I said it I said it even before the show even started. I said the fact that you didn't even know it was him. That's true. The fact that you didn't even recognize him, that that is how strong of a performance that he gave. Because I was even shocked. I'm just like, that's Aaron Taylor Johnson right now? Like, that's crazy. Um, So I honestly, and I had no idea that he could even pull this off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of want to see him play more villainous roles now because I'm just like, he did a fantastic job in this movie. Um, So I just think he's getting seriously 
overlooked by all these other performances. I'm just like, no, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my vote towards Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think he did a fantastic job in Nocturnal Animals, and I'm 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 rooting for him. I think I think Jeff Bridges did a fantastic job, and I and I, I think he did a great job too. And I think I loved. Mahershala Ali, I, th- I wish we would have saw more of him in Moonlight because he, I loved him in that movie. But um, if I have to choose one person, I think I think it's going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, what about supporting actress? Supporting actress. Let me go to that real quick. Um, we got Viola Davis, Francis. We haven't seen that. Naomi Harris, Moonlight. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Get Out of My Face. Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures. Have you seen him? Have you seen Hidden Figures? No, no. Did that we've been seeing a lot of trailers for for a long time. Okay, um, Michelle Williams was interested about to see, honestly, Naomi Harris, Moonlight. Okay, I, as of the things we've seen, I'd say, I'd definitely say Naomi Harris, but um, I, I, I think, do think, I think Viola Michelle, Davis is what's going to steal it. Um, it I think, yeah, I mean, she has, she has a chance. Um, I think Michelle Williams does a, from the few scenes that she is in, I think she does a great job. Don't get me wrong, she mm-hmm. did a fantastic job, but it's the same problem that I have with, uh, with my, with Ali, it's it's we didn't get enough of that character. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I think she did a fan. I think like I like I said, I think she did an awesome job. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, but we just did not get. Um, we didn't get enough of her. Best motion picture. It needs to be Kubo and the Two Strings. It needs to be Kubo and Two Strings. I I cannot stress that enough. What animated? Yes, I I I saw it with my mom. I saw it with my sister. That movie needs to win. It needs to win. It needs to win. If Moana wins, I am going to be pissed. If uh, Zootopia wins, I am going to be pissed. Uh, the, this it, is the thing. I, I think when it comes to the Oscars, I think it has a better chance of winning. Golden Globes-wise, uh, it's probably going to be Moana. I'm sorry. It just is. Because is the Disney be machine, and like I said, there's 90 members. It's going to be very easy for them to buy that vote. Period. I hope Kubo and the Two Strings needs to win something. It's 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 so that animation movie is is the best of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've said it. We've said it. Yeah, so definitely. Um, who do you think? All right, we, we haven't question. talked about actor yet. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't actually get to best performance in an actor by a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Do you yes. think that Jonah Hill deserves to be nominated for Warthogs? I was surprised and, to an extent, pleasantly surprised that he was nominated. Because, yes, that movie has a lot of issues. We both had issues with that movie, and um, we were not very happy with it. But I thought his his performance, especially to start off the film, was great. I thought he was the best part of the movie. So I'm surprised but happy to see him in that category. Um. I'm honestly I'm rooting for Ryan Gosling at this point. Um, I'm rooting for him mm-hmm. for for long. I, I gotta give it to him. I haven't seen it yet, but um, I'm just gonna go off of his performance on um, Nice Guys, and I I'm giving it to him. I'm giving I'm, I'm gonna give it to him there. I, I didn't see The Lobster, Colin Farrell. I didn't I didn't see it. it was very I saw good, yeah. yeah I didn't see Hugh. I, I saw Florence Foster Jenkins. I saw that. I think I think the, I think uh, Hugh Grant did a great job. I just don't think he deserves. A nomination. Um, the underdog is Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. I think he could steal this category. I think honestly, I think he could. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna be honestly. I'm not even gonna be pissed if he does. I mean, I'm gonna give him props for. I think. I think he might be one of the first um, to actually be get something for a superhero movie. So he's gonna be one of the first if he does win, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what about best performance by an actor in a motion picture? 
Casey Affleck, John, Joe Edgerton, <laughs> um, Andrew Garfield, um, Virg, Virg, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen, and then Denzel Washington Fences, which we have not seen. So I want to go off the four. Look, it's to me as many uh, as much as we might disagree, kind of in. Manchester by the Sea as a whole, although I do still like it. Um, I do want to say that now. But, man, Casey Affleck was amazing. Amazing. He He has to win everything. He has to win everything. Guys, when I tell you, you did such a great job. And, Carlos, I'm actually going to talk to you about this some of the dialogue that he had with his nephew. Mm -hmm. um, He gave... Look, I love Joel Edgerton and loving... And I love uh, Viggo Mortensen and Captain Fantastic. And I love Andrew Garfield and Hatchel Rich. But Casey Affleck blows you away Mm -hmm. in Manchester by the Sea. So I I hope to God that he wins. Um, Is there anything else that you really want to talk about? Um, not necessarily. Like I said, I don't take these awards too, too seriously. <laughs> um, I'm just waiting for the Academy Award nominations, which won't come until like mid January, sadly. Um, but okay. Yeah. I, I'm right, really guys. looking forward to some of these movies though. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. I hope Lion gets out here. Yeah. Stop. God. But all right, guys, we're going to pass it over to the Walking Dead recap. Everybody, this is our Walking Dead season finale slash season recap. With me, this we got here Enrique Cheraboga. I'm here and I'm excited to talk about The Walking Dead. Of course, man. We love The Walking Dead here for the most part. Um, this is going to contain spoilers for you newbies on the show. So if you haven't watched this season of The Walking Dead or any episode of The Walking Dead so far, um, go back. Watch it and then click here because again, this is going to contain spoilers. Um, so Enrique, yes. let's start with the season finale, man. What are your overall thoughts on the season finale? Did you like this season finale? Mid season finale, yeah. sorry. I did like the mid season finale. It definitely showed us what this season, what the first half of the season should have been edited and story told like. It definitely is split throughout everything, and it was so great just seeing, like, finally they figured out a formula that works, and it was good. Like, I did like some of the character stuff. There were flaws in this episode, like all the other episodes in this season so far. So, yeah, I think overall it was it was good. Overall it was good? Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, I like this episode. I thought this episode was really good seeing everybody, mostly everybody involved, the... You know, we still we've only seen Ezekiel for an episode. Um, that's the only major character that we didn't see. But and Simon, we didn't see Simon. But other than that, we got a lot of characters in this episode. A lot of characters in this episode. Um, what was your favorite moment in this episode? I think I, I watched the, I watched some of it with you. Um, you were you were shocked at Spencer, man. You were you were into it when when Negan was there. He was taking over everything with Spencer. You were you were getting into it. So what do you think about that? I think that was one of your favorite moments. My favorite moment either had to be the Spencer moment or the moment when uh, Rosita shot Negan. 
Because that was some great acting from Dean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. His just face, like, I saw it, like, the character functioning in his head. He's like, did you just, you shot me? And he just, like, got, like, really angry, and I loved it, and it was just awesome to see. Yeah, I think I think you really sort of like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, I think you've been one yes. of the, I think you've been more down on him this season, but I think this, that episode definitely showed you, okay, all right, I'm, I'm Negan, I'm, I'm in the Negan boat now. Yeah. Um, I really liked him. Really, I love the intense moment when we all thought that Lucille was gonna get Eugene. Um, I was like, oh boy, I'm just like, is I was I was on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, is he gonna be another victim of Lucille? Um, damn man, but we definitely saw that Negan views Lucille as his most precious object ever. Like we really saw that he loves that bat. Um, so I love how he made that sort of a metaphor for um uh what's her name uh what's her name lucita Ber the girl's name you know what I'm oh talking yeah, about? yeah i know rosita rosita sorry um when when he when he he said like her face is never gonna be the same again so i'm gonna have this knife in your face and then he's just like so it was it was really awesome seeing that metaphor i thought it was awesome seeing that comparison what do you think about the stuff going on with rank and and getting those getting the supplies and everything i did like that portion of the episode i did i got scared for the guy with him i forget his name aaron Aaron. i got scared for him because i do like aaron i do enjoy him as a character and i did got scared that he was gonna like drown or get eaten by walker or whatever and i was fine with him living but that overall that scene was pretty good one thing that i wish we would have seen is when rick turns at the end of the episode he's just like all right negan we're gonna take him out and he finally decides like we have to revolt revolt and I wish we would have seen, like, more things in the episode that would have, like, started getting his head that way. And then the end of the episode would have just pushed him over the edge to realize that. Oh, so you wish we would have seen more things happen. Yes, I wish time. we w- would have seen more things happening in his head. Like, that's not okay, that's not okay. And then finally the big thing happens and he's just like, alright, we have to revolt. Not just, like, a click of a switch. Um, I mean... <sighs> I would say that episode that you really didn't like as much, the episode where Negan goes in Alexandria for the 90 minutes, that, that episode you really didn't like. But I think that episode, that's where he's starting to really, I mean, I would argue because you see that he's holding down that bat and he's gripping it really hard. But then you see Negan in this episode sort of defending where he's like, he is swallowing that, like he's swallowing his hate. So that I don't hurt anybody. So I think that he wants to. I, I don't think I don't think that he doesn't not want to. But I think that since he knows that they're outgunned, that he hasn't done anything. But now that people are now that and he doesn't want to be responsible for any more death, like he just doesn't. But now that he realizes that so many people are willing to die for their freedom at this point, I think that's what's. I thought that would what's really driving him over the edge. You know what I'm saying? I think that was that driving force, and I, I really like that that uh, that scene that him and Michonne share this episode. That episode, um, this particular episode, it just makes their relationship um, so much deeper, and, and you just root for them so much more. I really like them together. Um, is there anything else that you liked about this episode? I feel like um, some of Negan's lines, like the spaghetti line. (laughs) Like, I did love seeing, like, Negan is, like, he's trying to make Rick understand, like, I've been so gracious to you recently. Like, your son literally came to my camp and tried to kill me, and I fed him spaghetti. And that was just great. I'm like, that was a great moment. 
Uh, yeah, Negan, Negan definitely made this episode great. Um, those people who were not liking Negan, I, I understand you to an extent, but he, he is such a great villain so far. And I, I personally, I like, I like him. I mean, just making Rick bow down to him is, is something no, no other villain has done in the show. So I got to give it to Negan. I, I'm really, really liking Jeffrey, Jeffrey D. Morgan's, uh, impression as Negan. Um, <laughs> What are your negatives to some of this episode? You said you had some negatives in this yes, episode. Yes, I did have... I feel like Negan should have lucille some on this episode because he was very angry and pissed. And I feel like even, like, not just, like, Lucille-ing um, Rosita, because he's like, I'm going to mess up your face. If, like, he would have just, like, hit her in the face with the bat once, that even would have been, like, more effective because I feel you like we really haven't seen him. You really want someone to get beaten with Lucille. Yes, we mm. need to see more characters die <laughs> <laughs> to see that more effectively. But we saw two character deaths today. I mean, uh, on Sunday, we saw Olivia. No one really cared her. about Olivia, though. She was nice, man. I mean, but you 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 saw Negan teasing her this whole entire time with death, though. Um, and then we saw we we saw Spencer die. We saw Spencer die. Um, how'd you feel about Spencer dying? By the way, uh, I in general like I didn't love him as a character. I feel like they were. I feel like they were really trying to push us to like him towards mm-hmm. when, when he's talking to Rosita because I didn't even remember that relationship. That's how forgettable that was. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, oh, yeah, they were together, and then he dies. And I'm like, I mean, it was a cool scene, and in all, I'm like, the character reactions were good. But, like, otherwise, that was just all right with his character. Okay. All right. So that was your that was your negative, though. Um, yes. You just wanted Negan to, to really just... <laughs> hit somebody with Lucille. That's basically what pretty, you wanted. Pretty much. Um, but I, I did think I think I thought it was really good that how we saw people dying this episode though. Um I did think that was interesting that Negan did say, I did you a favor, man. This guy wanted to take you out. Um your son took out my people. I said I, fed, I, get, I brought him home but I fed him spaghetti. Um and I I loved it when he when he made that that line about uh Olivia. He was just like and I took out one of your people's so that you have one less mouth to feed. And by the looks of it, that mouth was damaging. <laughs> so, um, my gosh, he is a messed up character, but he is, he is funny. He is blunt. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. Um, let's talk about the season as a whole. The season as a whole. The season as a whole has been disappointing to many fans. Um, the viewership has dropped down. But good news for the show is that it, the sh- viewers are coming back. They're coming back a little. They, they came back this episode a little bit. Um, overall, I think people did like this midseason review, the midseason finale. Now, what are what do you think are some of the problems with The Walking Dead th- that happened this season? It's just the storytelling, to be honest. Like it took so long, and they were trying to like set up each episode, but it just wasn't working. Each story wasn't functioning as itself on its own but mm-hmm. if they would have cut it together it would have functioned and flowed so much better and just see all the characters together instead of having to wait so long and it, we weren't making much progress but if they cut it all together we would have made more progress in less amount of time okay do you think that it was worth it in the end like do you think do you think that if, if you're talking to the viewers would you recommend still following the show to get to where we are now. Do you think it was worth it in the end? Or do you think... Yes. No? It, it was worth it. It was... It's... It was very close. But it is worth it. I, I don't understand how people have stuck with this show for so long. Seven seasons. And then we get like... 
four bad episodes, and they're like, I'm out, I'm done, like, I can't take it anymore. I'm like, remember when we stayed on a season, like, an entire season, just a farm? Remember how that wasn't that fun, and you stayed on, but, like, four bad episodes, you're off? Like, that bothered me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think viewers need to give this show a chance, for, for sure. I mean, um... This is this is a very the season for the mid season finale. I keep saying season finale, but the mid season <laughs> finale. Um, it shows that we're going to war. It shows that these that these four that all these three um all these three uh communities are going to war. Uh, they are going to fight against Negan. That is their goal at this point. Um, who will be leading that charge? I don't know. Will it be Ezekiel? Will it be Gregory? Um, or will it be Rick? Um, I personally think it's going to be Rick. Yeah, that's just my that's my Rick. assumption. Um, because um, I, from what we from what we understand, Negan hasn't met Ezekiel. Um, from what from what we, from what I understand, he hasn't met he hasn't met Ezekiel. Um, and and Negan just isn't isn't afraid of taking anything that's Gregory's at this point. Yeah. Um, but we do get a sense that Negan does respect Rick. He doesn't, um, not that he, you know, he, he does respect Rick in the sense that, okay, you know, I can walk all over him, but I need to be careful on where I step on at this point. Yeah. Cause, cause he know he knows Rick has been out there. He know, he knows Rick has, has experience. Um, especially, especially that episode with Negan and Carl. Um, you know, so he knows, he knows things. Um, so I agree with you. The way that the story was told should have been better. It should have been better, but it, is it worth it in the end? I do think it's going to be worth it in the end. All right. So the, the next half of the season has the possibility to be really good or they can screw it up again. It really just depends because they could take another half season to set up this big war and then last episode the cliffhanger and then the war hasn't even started and that would really suck and that would really turn off fans a lot but if we get in some progress in this last half season pushing towards because there is a war coming and if we push more towards that and even get some like good like fight scenes or like Mm -hmm. progress that's all we need progress in the story and fans will come back slowly um from what the preview of the next half is especially especially the next episode is that we see Jesus mention the kingdom and we do see him mention um Ezekiel. So I think next I think the next I think the return should be actually pretty good because we're gonna see Rick go to the kingdom. So what I'm wondering is if if we're gonna finally see um first of all Carol Carol, I, 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 if it's one thing I did not like that the show did with Carol is is make her so strong just to be broken down to be a little a little weak character. So I hope that the next episode we really do see Rick or Daryl um, really go up to her and say, "Hey, like you know, we need your help with Negan." If she's like struggling, like saying, "No, like why? Like it doesn't have anything to do with me." Oh, they'll be like, "Hey, this guy took out Galen, took out Abraham, and tortured the crap out of Daryl." So I hope that will be her wake-up call to really come back and fight Negan. I want Daryl to see her because they have that weird, like, love relationship that's kind I, of off. I hate it. I hate I hate that they're not together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I hate that I hate that she went for I forgot what the heck his name is because he's barely he's barely on the show, but uh, oh, she went, to- Tobin. Yeah, I hate that she went for Tobin. 
I hate it. I'm just like, makes no sense, but whatever. Um, I just did not like, I did not like the relationship whatsoever, but that's a, that's a different story. Um, I hope, I hope that that makes her really go for Daryl. They've been, they've been teasing it for seven episodes, for, well, for two, like five seasons now. Let's, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. So anything, anything else you want to talk about? Um, is there any other major negatives that you did not like this season um, as a whole? I just, just the episodes in the story, like I said before, weren't that great. How it was told, um, the kingdom, I, I, that episode was pretty good. And I feel like they should, they need to do a little more work in the kingdom, just defining some characters and then they'll be pretty much good there. So they don't, the kingdom has possibility to be really interesting and they just need to work on it a little more. Okay. All right, so what do you think is going to happen next season? Do you think we're going to get to the war next season? I personally believe that we will. I really hope so. And I they, I want them to so bad because they just need to make some progress, like I said before. And I think they... I don't know if they'll... They're not going to conclude the war. I know that. I know that for a fact. They're not going to like finish out this whole entire storyline, the all-out war storyline in this half season. They're going to spread it out. But I just hope we make some battle progress. Um, I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Um, I can see it being another cliffhanger, which is annoying. But I can see it happening. Um, it it would be it would be great to get to the whispers at season eight. But yes, I think that would be a great storyline. No, but I don't think they will. But I, I agree. Um, I don't think they will. But we do have interest. We don't know who was following. Boots. We don't know who was following Rick and Aaron, and we don't know who the heck is watching. Uh, um, that was very whisper esque, and I feel like that a lot, lot of people, people off. A lot of people are saying it's the whispers, but at the same time, we also don't know if it's people are saying. Look, it's either one of Negan's men or it's the whispers. So I mean, those are those are very two great theories at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't think it's gonna be a whisper because I feel like they would have done that more interestingly, like see a walker like put down a knife or pick up a knife or just like do something random that offsets them. I don't know if Boots necessarily. I think it might just be a new character. A lot of people are speculating that it's Magna, and she's a later character in the comics that comes. Like after the whole war storyline. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe, I mean, and, maybe, I mean, there, there are a lot of people. I mean, there are a lot of theories going on. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see who it is, mm-hmm. and I hope we find out really soon. But that concludes our Walking Dead season, re, mid-season uh, finale recap, and the season, uh, season recap so far. Uh, let us know what you think. And that is it. We're going to be passing it over to the Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels mid-season finale recap. All right.
right, time for another Rebels recap. The last one for a little bit, apparently. Apparently, yeah. We went into this episode not knowing that it was the mid-season finale. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's a bad job on our part. Yeah, I thought there was going to be another one next week or this coming weekend. Yeah, but. I could have swore there was like going to be a crossover episode that would have happened like right after... Rogue One happened, but whatever. Yeah, that would have made sense to me. <laughs> but anyway, this episode, Visions and Voices. Uh, Carlos, uh, what did you think overall before we start to get into it? Um, I was very, it's always good to see Maul again. So yes. I was very happy for that. Um, just more of Ezra and Maul. That's, I love the Ezra and Maul stuff. So I'm very happy whenever that happens. And overall, it was a very good episode. Um, I, I don't know. It kind of changes my, I don't know if my opinion changes now that I like view it as the mid-season finale. <laughs> yeah, so, I agree. I, I do like. I really love the development that we got there with um, kind of Ezra leaning more in that direction and um, stuff with Kanan kind of pulling back. And it's a, it's a it's a tug of war between Kanan and Maul with Ezra kind of as the rope. So I don't know. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Like you said, I. Since I was expecting another episode for the yeah. season finale or the mid-season finale, it kind of puts a damper on a few things. But mm-hmm. overall, I still really enjoyed it. Like you said, Maul was interesting. We furthered the main plot at least a little bit. We know where some things are going to go, and yeah, it was just kind of fun. So uh, anyway, the episode starts out with uh, Ezra at the base. The rebel base, and they're seeing he's seeing visions of Maul walking mm-hmm. all over the place and hearing voices, and almost kills a guy thinking that yeah. it's Maul. So they never really explain why he was having the visions, do they? Um, I think it was something to do with the when they fused the holocrons. Yeah, because that's last time we the last time we saw them. I guess. Maul. But then why is this the first time that he's having visions of Maul? Because this is the first time that Maul sought him out. True. Maul okay. was enough, reaching out enough. to him through the Force. So anyway, um. Yeah, that happens, and then they go to the Bindu for advice, and basically the Bindu says, well, turn around, he's right behind you. It was kind of pointless, but it was yeah. cool to see the Bindu again, but it was kind of like... Yeah, I want that. I want him to make a, have a bigger role. I know, yeah. It seems like he will, maybe, but I don't know. It's it's a waste of potential if they don't use him more. Yeah, I I kind of agree, but we'll we'll see where it leads. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Maul blackmails them into, or blackmails Ezra into helping him with mm-hmm. something uh, by threatening to sh- tell the Empire where the base is. So, of course, Ezra goes with them, and uh, they end up on Dathomir, which that's fun because yes. we haven't seen Dathomir since the Clone Wars. I was very happy we were going back to Dathomir. That place, it's just weird. Yes. It's steeped in dark side and magic. Mm-hmm. And, just mystery and all that. But anyway, uh, they basically are doing a ritual to complete their vision that they started to have back when they fused the holocrons. Mm-hmm. And basically it reconfirms that Maul is hunting for uh, Obi-Wan mm-hmm. because it, they figure out that it's on Tatooine yes. and that that's where he's heading. Yeah, and then Ezra finds out that he's also looking for something on Tatooine. Yeah. So, do you think that, like, this is this an arc that we're going to have in Rebels, or is this something that's going to be covered in... Isn't there a Maul comic coming out soon There's a Maul comic coming out, but that's for 
pre-episode yeah. one, okay. which that's going to be interesting because we might finally get to see Darth Plagueis mm-hmm. and have some canon information about him. Yep. Still read the book or listen to me talk about it. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> anyway, um, we'll talk more about that later. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what this is going to be. I feel like it will be fun. Yeah. But I also feel like it'd be dangerous to pull in Obi Wan too early. That's true. I, I think if it happens, it'll be like maybe a, I, don't, I don't know. It might be like putting too much faith in this show because we get a lot of filler. But maybe it'll be a couple episode arc, hopefully. But it it almost it feels like there's the mall stuff and then there's everything else. So it, I don't know. Like they're not blending it all together very well. Yeah, they're not using them together like yeah. I wanted. Like it's not like a Sabaoth thing where he's being used by. Thrawn, like mm-hmm. I wanted to. But anyway, uh, so they do that. They figure that out. And then the uh, ghosts of the Night Sisters come out. Mm-hmm. And that's always fun because that actually shows that magic exists yes. in this universe. It's not just the Force all mm-hmm. the time. And that they possess uh, Kanan and Sabine yeah. and have to fight. Yeah, Dathomir and the Night Sisters stuff, that was always, that's honestly what pulled me into Clone Wars. Because mm-hmm. I got through like, what, two seasons almost? Two and a half seasons of Clone Wars. And I was like, I don't get why Star Wars fans love this show so much. It's fine. It's like a bunch of random missions and it didn't really have like an overarch, overarch of a story that I, that I loved, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the Night Sisters and Dathomir and Savage happened. And you're About just like, that season three though too, yes. they started to pull together those missions yes. into That's a coherent storyline. But, yeah, that was always really fun. Like, mm-hmm. I know I just gave you a list of all the mall episodes yeah. for you to watch through. But, um, yeah, so they end up having to fight Kanan and Sabine. Because mm-hmm. um, they wanted, like, a bl- basically they wanted blood for what they had done for Maul yeah. and Ezra. They wanted, like, they since they had done something for, for Maul and Ezra, they wanted something in return. And yeah. that was blood. Which is interesting. So basically, what that leads us to the conclusion that Maul was going to sacrifice Ezra. Basically, he was. He, I think, he was going to sacrifice Ezra. Or Maul might have thought that he they could have just fought off the Maybe. spirits yeah. on their own because he. I mean, he's Mother Talzin's son. Yeah, true. So, and we saw her ghost again. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that was always fun, and I love how it's it's kind of the Force and kind mm-hmm. of magic fused together. Yeah. So it's like a vision through the Force, mm-hmm. but in order to get there, they have to use uh, magic. and yeah. Play a blood price. So yeah. um, anyway, I, the- I loved how they got um, her. How Ezra got the spirits out of Sabine. Yes. And of Canaan by like force pushing them. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, just force pushing yeah. them out of the cave. Uh huh. The, the, they were haunting, yeah. basically. I, I really did like that. Yeah, that <laughs> was, was cool. really cool. Like, I, I was like, what is he doing? But yeah. then finally, it, when it happened, it clicked, mm-hmm. which I don't know how he figured that out. But hey, anyway, uh, Ezra ends up destroying this altar thing that mm-hmm. was the source of where the, um, with the ghosts were coming from, and he yeah. uses the dark saber to do that, along with his own lightsaber. It's cool to see him use the dark saber, and Sabine picks up the dark saber. Yes, yeah, so the dark saber in the Clone Wars was something that pre Vizsla of Clan Vizsla, leader of Death Watch and the warrior schism of the Mandalorian government, 
he used, and it was a thing that Maul owned when he took over Death Watch back in the Clone Wars. And Sabine is a mem- is a descendant of Pre Vizsla. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting that she recognized it and took it with her. Do you what? Do you think that she just recognized it and she recognized that it was from Previsla and she grabbed it, or do you think there's something else? Like, is that going anywhere? Do you think? I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see that go somewhere. All mm-hmm. we know about it is that it was like one of the first actual lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would love to see that go somewhere, but I don't know if it will. Like, it might just be something that has significant value to yeah. her. It'll definitely be back, mm-hmm. but I don't know what significance it'll have. I could see random prediction here. I could be completely off base, but I could see her kind of betraying the rebels for kind of something Mandalorian. One of because we did see some Mandalorian stuff in a few episodes back. So yeah, I mean, just if she had to choose there. between the rebels yeah, and Mandalore, exactly. I could definitely see that coming. Just, just throwing it out there. Just but anyway, yeah, that was basically the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it wasn't until the very end after all that that we found out they're going after Obi Wan. Yeah. But anyway, um. Next episode is in January. Going to be based in Geno- yeah. Geonosis, so probably be Death Star based. Yeah, that's that'll the be our Rogue One crossover stuff, which is really random mm. that we're going to mm. have it so far after Rogue One comes out. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. So anyway, um, we've got a lot of content coming out later this week because Rogue One comes out. We're going to be at the premiere Thursday night. Uh, probably yep. have some live videos on Facebook of us in line goofing off. Yep. Um, uh, we have a bunch of videos. We'll have a star ranked Star Wars video where we rank all the Star Wars movies. We've got a video up where that tells you everything you need to know yes. in five minutes before you go see Rogue One. Yep, everything uh, about Catalyst. So definitely check that out. It was a really good video, really good video. Good job on that, Jesse huh? and Miles um, for behind-the-scenes stuff. But, yeah, the, it's a lot of Star Wars content. We'll have our regular review on this very podcast, the Screenfellas podcast, which is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We'll also have our spoiler re- review in a few days, but the first one will be spoiler-free, so don't worry about that. And we'll probably have some more Star Wars discussion along the way. So definitely stay up to date on that, on the Screenfellas podcast for that. Um, like you said, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that nonsense, YouTube, all um, at Screenfellas. And um, you can also find the podcast, like I said, on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, um, anywhere you can basically find podcasts. We are pretty much there. Um, so yeah, that is it. Um, you can find Ozzy, my co-host on the Screenfellows podcast, at Ozzy Cray on Instagram and at Castro Ozzy on Twitter. Jesse, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Colonel Swink, and uh, you can send me suggestions for other Star Wars books or content you want discussed on YouTube or on the podcast uh, at jesse.swink at screenfellows.com. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cherry456. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I said, follow us on all over social media at Screenfellows. So guys, this has been a great episode of Screenfellows podcast and great Rebels recap. This is Screenfellows. <laughs> <laughs>